millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello and welcome to this week's... Oh, bit of a chair move there. This week's episode of the Parenting Tools podcast with me, <laughs> the not-so-subtle Jordan. And me, Jason. This is the podcast where we like to move chairs in the middle of our intro. <laughs> Life of parents, being dads, we talk it all. And we're also very tired all the time. I am not tired, you know. You're not tired? I'll come back to it, I'll circle back, but Ooh. I'm a bit poorly, but I am not tired today. Jord, how's the week been? Uh, solid. We've we've got poorly kids. Poorly kids. Um, I don't know if I've made them poorly or they've made me poorly. Well, we, well, one of them, I made this. I definitely made poorly. But, uh, so explain how. Uh, so I mentioned was it last week that my wife had conjunctivitis? Yeah. And our oldest has now got conjunctivitis, but I gave my wife <laughs> conjunctivitis. So I am the source of the gammy eye. Patient zero. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, he's, we've had a couple of rough nights um, with him coughing and being unwell and all that oh. kind of stuff. But the last two nights, they've both slept through until gone half six. So it's been game changer, been wow. brilliant. So that's why he's so well rested. So yeah, even though I feel a bit rough, um, and 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 give my wife a shout out. Yesterday, I said I feel a bit, I feel a bit ill. I'm going to go to bed. Actually, I'm going to take it a back step. <laughs> so Sunday's church day in our family. And my wife was on the, to sing. She was in the band. And so I said, I'm going to stay at home with Luca. We're both poorly. Um, but Myla, our daughter, was fine. Perfectly capable of going to church. <laughs> Nothing wrong with her. <laughs> my wife left her at home because she was singing. So I'm just going to leave her. I haven't got to worry about her when I'm, when I'm singing. I was fuming. <laughs> thinking hang on a second i feel as rough as sandpaper but at the same time i was so chuffed for her yeah to go out and just have a few hours nice. you know and i know she's going to church like you won't particularly see that as the most exciting activity to do with a few spare hours yeah but like i was re genuinely as she left i was like go get yourself a, a costa or a starbucks whatever like enjoy this time but I was also livid. <laughs> <laughs> but I've just been upstairs in between recording episodes. I thought, oh, I'll see how she is. She's fast asleep in my son's bed. <laughs> it's quarter past eight. <laughs> She's been there for a while. So I just left her there. We, uh, we were at a kid's party together on Saturday. I completely forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were. Oh, shout out little Jack's happy birthday. I oh, know, first birthday. Your nephew. 
my nephew from special guest Dan, <laughs> and uh, it was carnage. It was actual carnage. What a soft play, though. I, it was amazing. You were out of it. Yeah. I you mean, were dead to the world. <laughs> I said to you, do you want a drink? You were like, yeah. You were like, what do you want? You went, yeah. <laughs> and then I heard your sister-in-law, Becky, say, do you want some food? You went, yeah. She was like, what do you want? And you just went, all of it. <laughs> she went, no, but specifically, like, I'm going to order now. What do you want? You were like, just whatever you feel. She went, no, but what do you want to eat? And you just went, yeah. <laughs> I was thinking, he is present only in body. <laughs> So what this is, if you listen to two weeks ago, my daughter uh, started to get really scared of like blood tests and there was a whole little thing there. It was just affecting every area of her life and she wasn't sleeping well at all. This was in the middle of that. She was still waking up having nightmares about having to have blood tests and uh, it had been like literally almost two weeks in a row of complete unbroken sleep. Um, And so this was me at the end of myself <laughs> i was happy to be there it was re- like deep down i was really enjoying it but just externally i probably looked like a zombie a complete broken sleep a broken man <laughs> yeah you were, I, I tried to ask you something about the pod at, at some point and i was really trying hard i thought don't ask you about the pod let's not talk about the pod um and because we were recording today i thought i'll just ask him and you were just glazed you were just <laughs> i thought nah not today i'll text him tomorrow <laughs> At one point, I took your oldest son, your oldest son, your son, and my daughter on the soft play, and I'd lost my daughter, and I didn't didn't know where she went. So then I found my daughter and lost your son. <laughs> it was a it was rough. I saw you get <laughs> stuck at one point. Yeah, I literally had to crawl out of this thing, which was designed for people half the size of me. My wife's not a tall lady, and she said it was far too small for her. I followed her lead. I blame her. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> oh. Jordan, we've had a message. From where? Kuwait. Kuwait. Is that, how you, is that how you pronounce it? Kuwait. Kuwait. We've had a message from... How amazing is that? We've had a message from Kuwait. That is incredible. Of all the countries in the world... Kuwait. I didn't expect to hear from. Is Kuwait. I'd say the majority of them outside of England to, to be... I'm surprised we even got messages from there, to yeah, be honest. like outside of our immediate friends and family. But to have a message from, like we've had ones from America, New Zealand, like the mainstream countries. Yeah. But Kuwait. Yeah, no. Small little country next to Iraq, if you're not familiar. Is it? Kuwait, yeah. Wow. Incredible. Well, let me read this message. It says, hi, my name is Hessa. Is that pronounced right to think? It looks right to me. Hessa, let me know if I've butchered your name. Apologies if I have. Says, and I'm from Kuwait. I have a six. Eight, my eyesight is terrible. Let me <laughs> adjust. <laughs> I have an eight-month-old daughter, and I suppose that's why I find your podcast quite relevant. <laughs> You've been popping in for the for you page on TikTok for quite a while, and then on New Year's Eve, I decided to w- decide I want to listen to your podcast. Took the plunge. Took the plunge. Happy New Year. I've been listening to your podcast for the last month on my way to and from work. It's been been a while since I found something that made me laugh this much. Also, you have somewhat helped me heal from my not-so-magical birth story. Now that I've listened to all of your episodes, I really can't wait till you post the next one. I also have a question. So my daughter is happy to stay in her car seat during the day, but once it's dark outside, she gets very upset. 
Do you have any tips on how to manage to keep her calm? Firstly, thank you so much for the message. Isn't that amazing? That's amazing. That's so cool. So, so cool. Thank you, Hessa. And I think one of the things, actually, you've touched on it there, of like your not-so-magical birth story. So much of parenting is like it's so common across so many other parents, mm. but you can feel like it's not the same or like... You know, when you're given the baby, it's like you're supposed to have that instant connection. So many people don't experience that, but it's not talked about enough. Yeah. Uh, but thank you so much for your question. And now I'm going to direct your question to Jordan. I haven't got no, ex- I've got no experience <laughs> of, of this. This is a, a new one to me. Um, I'd say it's only recently our son has been asking for his bedroom door to be open and a light on. And he's yeah. three and a half. Um so no, I've never had any experience of this. But one thing that we used to use quite a lot when he was really little was this, um, like a starlight. That It's just a, a nightlight that projects stars onto the ceiling. And you can get battery-powered ones as well. We'll stick a link in the description or wherever that you're listening, Hessa. Um, but you can get battery-powered ones. So maybe it's an idea to stick it in the back of the car with them. I don't know. Yeah. I think that's what I would do. <clears throat> got no guarantees it'll work so it says she's happy to stay in a car seat during the day but once it gets dark outside she gets upset is that because she's been in the car seat all, de- all day yeah. <laughs> I've had enough <laughs> seriously <laughs> nothing to do with the dark she's just <laughs> bored of the seat oh, but but genuinely I, I don't know uh, we'll have to ask some experts on that one yeah let us know if that's something that you've experienced right into us at Parents and Tools Pod and we can share that with Hessa but yeah I'd maybe try the, the battery powered starlight because that's what we've been using in the bedroom yeah it could just be that you can't see yeah and it's a subtle light as well so it wouldn't start you driving or anybody but yeah tricky one but thank you so much Hessa all the way from Q8 that's incredible we've had another message from International friend of the pod, Sander. Oh, yes. Says this, dear tools. <laughs> <laughs> I apologise for my English. It's not as bad as Louis Van Hals. Oh, shade. But <laughs> I've never said shade. And I just said it like a really camp man. <laughs> oh, shade. Um, but it's not perfect as well. This is a message from your number one fan parent from Amsterdam. Besides being a father, I am a churly, churly, I'm an early childhood educator teacher and work as a teacher trainer at the university. I mainly teach about the kindergarten age and the development of pretend play in young children from two to seven years old. Last week, Jason talked about his daughter who performed blood tests on her dolls. This is a beautiful example of how young children cope with this sort of thing. They have little language to express themselves, so they reenact the situation to process it. Play is a safe version of of the real world for children, some types of therapy for children this age are play-based as well. Jason, I wish you good luck and strength in this situation. You're in with all things medical. That's a lovely message. Thank Isn't you it? so much, Sander. And I think just for the listeners, I mentioned it a bit already, um, but we got into like quite a, a rough place, probably from our, our perspective looking at our daughter because she seemed to be quite scarred by this event. Mm. and genuinely it felt like everything else was getting worse she used to love going on the swing really high she hated it she used to love going on the, on the slides she used to run after a bath she used to have this thing that she would insist on doing called naked running 
It is what it says. I'm all for it. But she, as soon as we got out, well, she was a struggle to get her in the bath. And if we ever did get her in the bath, she'd want to come out straight away and put her drama straight on. Like it was affecting everything. Um, and she was becoming just generally more nervous in the whole kind of way she carried herself. So we got a little bit kind of concerned. So my wife called the GP. And actually one of the things that they recommended is like, yeah, they can go down the route of like child psychologists. But at this stage, because she's only two and a half, it would be a play therapist. Mm. Um, and actually reflect on Sanders' message. Like she was really good at like playing out her fears in that sort of safe environment. And so one of the things that she was slightly scared of was the big bad wolf out of the Free Little Piggy story. She quite happily play about it, but she was a little bit scared of it. Yeah. So when it came to the blood tests, like she was practicing blood tests on us like six, seven, eight times a day. And so that was probably something really on her mind. Um, I'm really happy to say that um, when the stickiness from the plaster had disappeared from her arm, that was like the turning point of, oh, it's all better now. She doesn't feel the need yeah. to keep it covered. Um, she would happily get changed. Um, and then, as you probably heard last week, um, I convinced her in the playground to conquer the slide. And that gave like a really big boost, um, just a confidence. And like now, literally today, we're at the park. She wants to go be pushed really high on the swings again. Um, it seems like she's overcome that really small area that was affecting every area of her life. It's like she's over the hill now and she's slowly getting back to yeah where it was. So just genuinely, I feel like a massive relief of like, oh, I'm glad that she's through that because I was actually like quite concerned. Yeah. Oh yeah, I would be as well. Yeah. Um, and you mentioned nightmares as well. That, you yeah. Know, she was waking up <clears throat> shouting no and stuff like that. Yeah. So she's still been waking up, um, but not in the same sort of level of distress which is brilliant. She stayed at our in-laws um, the other night um, and she just woke up and she was okay. She was fine. Yeah. And so it's, I don't think we're quite past it, but it's so much better. It's, she's not waking up screaming. Um, we now, however, have to deal with the fact that she is in the habit of waking up and coming in our bed. Yeah. And so now we've established, well, when we establish she's not having nightmares <laughs> anymore, it's like, right, okay, this is your bed. This is my bed. <laughs> you don't, you're not able to kick me in the head when I sleep in my bed. <laughs> but this is something you've done before. So it's like, yeah, you're just back to square one. And, and that's, and that's the thing that I find with, with, with parents who have kids that go in and out of hospital or they have a series of things. It's just, it's just back to square one of this and she'll learn it quicker. Yeah. It's, 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 it will be a difficult few days that when we start introducing it again, because it's, it's stuff that she's, clinging on to to bring her security yeah and so when you look at it from that perspective of course it's going to be difficult but as soon as she's done a full night in her bedroom she'll be fine she's, yeah but it's just getting back into routine now she's two and a half or nearly three in a few months time it's we can't just do the same cry out method because they're so much more stubborn and there's so many more things going on and so it's but it is what it is yeah like i in a weird little selfish way if if i could sleep better i quite enjoy having her in the bed it's, it's quite lovely and nice yeah um but she just, she just moves too much <laughs> just, <laughs> i want my bed back and you take obviously you take that like any day over having nightmares in her own bed yeah and that and that's the thing you it's not like a i absolutely hate it yeah, yeah it's 
We think it's what's best for her. And that's the thing. If we're doing what we think is best for our daughter. Of course. Um, but it's now getting to the point of, actually, for me to be a good parent, I have to help her stay in her own bed. And it will be difficult and it will be a lot of tears. But actually, it's what's best for her in that time. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, <laughs> one of those things. But thank you, Sandra, for your message. It's really helped me understand that actually, like, the play element of what she was doing wasn't just like a weird fixation that she had in it, but it's actually self-soothing. Like, like, yeah, self-soothing, yeah. like an actual like self-therapy sort of thing. Yeah, amazing. Thank you, Sander. And Sander has got an opening question. He says, my son, Kais, is now two and a half years old and is now entering the phase where he asks a thousand questions per hour. What is this and why are the most common? How did you deal with this? <laughs> Greetings from beautiful <laughs> Amsterdam, Sander. And he finishes his message with, P.S. It is possible to send a fax. Some fax machines have an email address. You should get your fax straight. <laughs> I love that he starts his message off with, my English isn't great, and then drops in a little pun at the end. <laughs> yeah, a thousand questions per hour, the question phase. I don't know if I've ever fully, or we've ever fully been in that phase. Is it, have you experienced it? Well, I asked you a, a few questions at the weekend and you didn't acknowledge them at all. So I'm <laughs> Did I not? I, I don't remember. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, so many questions and so much just constant talking. And I've said it, I think it was last week, about, you know, trying to have a conversation with my wife. Just can't do it. Because yeah. they're just constantly at you. And it can be really annoying. One thing, and this is got this kind of taking a serious turn, one thing that I constantly tell myself is that there are so many parents and we spoke to Sean recently mm. who, you know, have kids who can't speak. They're autistic, nonverbal, or, you know, that's slow developing. And I read a thread the other day and this is what the turning point was for me. It was a, a parent posting clips of their autistic child. And there was someone in the comments saying, um, my son is 38 autistic, nonverbal. And I still haven't given up the hope of them, wow. you know, speaking their first word. And there was someone that replied to them saying, yeah, my son is in their thirties. Wow. Had I had known that his last babble was going to be his last word, I'd have filmed it and I'd recorded it and wow. listened to it every day. So ever since reading those comments, I'm just quite, you know, grateful mm. that he doesn't stop talking as annoying as it can be. And <laughs> yeah. let's be real. Like it can be very annoying. Yeah when you try to work, the ones is team calls. Because as soon as he hears that I'm on a team's call, he just, I want to get involved in this. And he's like, hello, and like shoving his hands in the, but like that's all funny stuff that you look back on and smile on. In the yeah. moment, it's annoying. In five years, it won't be. Yeah. So yeah, I'm just grateful that, you know, my kids do ask a lot of questions and just kind of try to remind myself and put myself in the perspective of, it might not be that for everybody. Yeah, it's it's one of those things that, it, on a less serious note, I'm very, like, introverted. I actually don't like to talk that much, despite doing a podcast. <laughs> and so when, like, I'm in the car with my daughter, even by by ourselves, she will just chat. And, like, I, I do really love it. Like, yeah. I, I like it when she's inquisitive and wants to learn more. I really, really love that. And even things like teaching her the new word of conquered the slide. Genuinely, it makes me so happy. And like just watching how like they process things and like learning new things, um, but I don't think we've ever had the constant wise questions. It's she just is always talking um, so much so that 
we were on the way back from church on Sunday, me, my wife, and my daughter, and I was just chatting with um, Em, and my daughter from the back goes, Daddy, just just be quiet, please. Just stop, <laughs> stop, stop talking. And I was like, excuse me. And she was like, shh, shh. And I was like, no, you can't tell me to be quiet. That's really rude. And she just kept going, shh, 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 shh. And I was like, where have you learned this from? From you. And she wanted me to be quiet so she could talk. Yeah. At least she asked. Well, <laughs> yeah. So that's yeah. It is. It can be irritating, but it also can be hilarious and so funny. The stuff they come out with. Yeah, and I think that's just a, a general point for all of it. Of actually, sometimes it's really hard to be as grateful as we are. Yeah, or to be grateful when we're tired and we've got lots of stuff other going on in life. And actually, the sacrifice involved in having kids, it can be hard to always have that perspective. But actually enjoying those moments is so important like yeah when they're there they're there and it's like it's hard not to take that for granted sometimes yeah like even going back to the whole tiredness thing i'm grateful that that's been my biggest issue it's just tiredness i know for some people they have some really like they get into a deep depression when they have Mm -hmm. kids and it's nothing that can be helped but sometimes i really am just grateful that tiredness has been my issue Mm. And yes, it's a real issue for a lot of people and it's it can be really hard. But again, it could be a lot worse. Yeah. So yeah, like something that a decent night's sleep or two decent night's sleep can solve really isn't that bad. I'm constantly reminding myself mm. of that. It's it's funny because it's, it's one of those ones that if you talk to people without kids and they see all the sacrifice involved and even if it's been really difficult, they don't understand the payoff that you get of just having your child there. Mm. And like that is through a lot of the difficulties, just having your child there is amazing. And it's that thing of being grateful that like for us, being grateful that she's still here is a constant reminder of mm-hmm. oh, this. Like I'm, ha- I don't care if she has to sleep in my bed. Like that's, I'm, I'm happy with that. If that's, if that's the compromise I have to make. Yeah. Um, knowing full well, a lot of the other stuff that a lot of parents have to deal with um, it is, it's one of those things that I just remind myself of how grateful we are, how lucky we are. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Yeah, for sure. So we've had a, another question from Serena on Instagram that said, what is the worst piece of advice you've been given from someone who's not a parent? The worst piece of advice? Someone who is in no way, shape or form. <laughs> Have you got one? I've got, I've got a very generic one. And it's something that just does my head in. <laughs> when, and we, obviously we post clips of this podcast on the internet 
and the internet can be unsavory at times. Yep. When, so we posted a clip recently about sleep regression and about, I don't know how many people commented saying, yeah, this is a really big thing that I'm struggling with. So it's a real thing. Someone commented saying, just don't have kids. <laughs> and I just thought, are you, ju- like, are you, are you stupid? <laughs> are you broken? So, and that person quite clearly didn't have kids. And that, as advice, quote unquote, advice, if that's your solution to, you know, there's a lot of people here saying that they're struggling with something, I just don't do it, mm. is ridiculous. <laughs> and that really wound me up. Like, yeah. because, and I was talking to a guy recently who was really sadly talking about how his dad left when he was a few months old. And he said, now I'm a father myself. And he worded it as, my kids are my primary source of joy. Mm. And I thought, you know what? That's so true. Like, yeah. If something happened to my kids or I didn't have them, I'd be an absolute shell of myself. Yeah. Like, yeah, we talk about issues. And I try not to moan, but we talk about issues and struggles and challenges for the benefit of our listeners to feel like they're not alone. Mm. Um, but make no mistakes about it. My kids are the best thing. Mm. And something that really winds me up is that I said, our oh, kids are the best and the worst on episode one. Mm. My kids are nowhere near the worst. Like when you make someone food and they throw it on the floor, <laughs> that is the worst. Yeah. But my kids in themselves are nothing but purely the best thing I've ever laid eyes on. And so for someone to be like, I just don't do it. No, mm. you've missed the point. Yeah. And there is no way that I could, I would ever have it any other way. And I think that's the thing which until you have kids, you really can't f- fathom. Mm. You can't get your head around it because... Even even when we'll talk, we'll talk about the, the the rubbish stuff, but there's a whole underlying thing of like this is still the best that we get still to do the, this. Still the best. And it's like talking about the worst days of one of the best things that's happened to you. It's still good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, the worst advice. I just think I remember back to before I had a daughter, and like talking to parents. I just like some real like facepalm moments of. I remember saying that I was tired around parents before. Yeah. And like now I'm going, I just, you just don't understand. <laughs> also, turning up for things. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know how easy it was? Yeah. You just, just leave. Just rocking up. <laughs> <laughs> it was so bad. Even, even tonight, I was on the way and I went, I haven't got ready. I haven't sorted my hair yeah, out. You text me. I literally was like, I just, I haven't had time to look after myself. <laughs> But you won't have it any other way. That's no the thing. Way. Yeah, it's the absolute best. So yeah, that's yeah. I can't say any more about it. I don't have any that are on on the tip of my tongue, the teeth, the lips. <laughs> Love it. What a little <laughs> reference. <I have. laughs> um, so picking up the conversation about, um, and you've kind of touched on it about Noah and her sleep time because she was dropping nap time, wasn't she? Yeah. I said about how it was really challenging for us. We were going through a bit of a challenging stage with our little boy where come bedtime, it was really difficult. And um, I posted that clip on TikTok and we had 50 odd comments of people saying, been there, it's really tricky, Mm. don't know what to do. Um, If he naps, he wakes up too early. He doesn't nap at nursery and, and all the kind of stuff that we've been going through. And then another clip we posted about sleep regression, you said things change so quickly in two weeks. 
that you never know what's going to happen. Yeah. So our son now is brilliant. He's come out of that challenging phase. The evenings are, are smashing. You know, you, we're in a. I know he's poorly at the minute, but you can kind of understand that. It's hard, isn't it, when you're ill? Hard for us when we're ill. <laughs> it's hard, really hard for them when they're ill. Um, but in the space of, I'd say, a week and a half, it completely like turned it around. And now it's tea, bath, a couple of games in his bedroom, bedtime as normal. So it's really, yeah, it took about a week and a half and he's sleeping through till half six. Wow. So now he stays in his room till his clock's yellow for about 20 minutes. And I think that was the big challenge with the clock was that he was waking up at like half five, 20 past five. Yeah. And he was having to try and stay in his room for over an hour. But now it's like he's got 10, 15 minutes to wait. Yeah. So, you know, you'll often, you'll go for the, go to the toilet and as he's coming back to the toilet, he'll go, can I have a little play? And we'll, you know, if it's past half six, we'll say, yeah, he'll just play with his jigsaws 10 minutes then his clock's yellow and he comes out. So it was a week and a half of challenging time before bed, mm. but he's out of it and, just a reminder to everybody, it is all just phases. And oh, those phases nice. last different lengths of time. And there might be different things that you have to do to try and get out of those phases, but they are phases. And uh, yeah, he's, he's he's brilliant. I'm really proud of how he's taken to life without the nap. <laughs> Good. Yeah, he's smashing life, bless him. Amazing. <laughs> I feel normal again. <laughs> I, think I, I think I've adjusted to life without my daughter's nap now as well. Yeah. Because there was, so I have two days in the week that I look after her after nursery. So she goes to nursery till lunchtime. And then, so I stop, finish, I finish work and then I look after her for the afternoon. Weeks ago, she'd come home from nursery and sleep for two hours. I get some more work done. That's my routine. Now, I finally adjusted to her not sleeping. So we literally spent like two hours on the swing today. Um, that's what she wanted to do. But <laughs> yeah, you take that. I take it as my phase. It's funny. The, Parents definitely need the afternoon nap more than the kids. I feel like I feel like I want one now, just genuinely, just it's as just a rule time. of life. It's your time to get stuff done and do practical things. Not even nap yourself or do fun things like tidy up. <laughs> like you said, get a bit of work done. Yeah. But you know, when it's time for them to drop it, and the other thing is, for us, our son's starting school in September. He's not going to be able to have an afternoon nap in school. He needs to learn. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you end up scratching your brain though for things to do. So yeah. like I've been taking Noah to different shops to get the groceries. Not the same one, just try and make a little game out of it. Nice. But then like when you've seen one shopping centre, you've seen them yeah. all. You saw us come in, you knew it. <laughs> that was my attempt. Oh my goodness joke. me. <laughs> the Americans loving that one. The Americans love in the jokes. I definitely scrape with the barrel now of dad jokes that I found. <laughs> oh, moving on from the dad jokes. So I started to listen to a new podcast Ooh. by Peter Crouch and Abby Clancy, his wife, called The Therapy Crouch. <laughs> Very clever. <laughs> yep. And um, it's basically them talking about their marriage and their relationship um, and all the challenges and ups and downs that come with kids. And a lot of it is based around him being a footballer and then being in the public eye and challenges of going on dates and getting to know each other and oh. all that kind of stuff um but there was something that they said which was a bit sad oh no so they said how did you tell your family that you were pregnant and they said that theirs was leaked to the press ah oh. she said she was telling a close friend and 
um, someone overheard and it came out in the one of the tabloids before they got a chance to tell their families. It's oh, a bit rubbish, isn't it? Isn't that sad? Yeah. So uh, my question to you is, how did you tell your parents that you were having a baby? I think we just... Like so, they tell you not to tell many people, don't they? Before a certain time, like twelve weeks, I think it yeah. is. Um, and I think we told like our mums before that as like the only people to find out, um, just in case you know you want support if anything goes wrong, that sort of thing. Um, and I think we just did it one at a time with just we divided our family up into like, the, the little couples, and just over two weeks, then we. Just, in person whenever it was just told them yeah um and i think for most of them we did it during under the guise of trying to take a photo because i was doing like a second every day thing mm. on my phone at the time and so I'm like, oh, i just need to do a second every day and as i'd get the shot ready and we'd just go oh yeah we're pregnant and then like get the little so video you've got of loads it. of reactions yeah like of all our family oh that's of, nice um and some of them just completely missed it. <laughs> some of them like complete shock. Uh, but yeah, so that, that's, I think that's, that's how lovely. we told them. That's really nice. What about you? <clears throat> um, so my mum had a thing of collecting fridge magnets. Her old fridge was just stacked with fridge nice. magnets from all over the world. Places she'd been, yeah. places her friends had been. Um, and she moved house and got rid of the fridge magnets. And we said, so we got the ultrasound scan. And we had an early one. And so yeah. it didn't look like a baby. It, it just, it looked like a little poo. <laughs> it just looked like <laughs> this stick. But it did look like a, a little poo. Um, and so we put it on a magnet and we said, oh, we know you're not collecting fridge magnets anymore, but we've got you one. And then it was the ultrasound. Ah, oh, lovely. Of the, the little poo. <laughs> the little poo. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, that's how we told my mum. And then when we had a second... Um, we made a jumper for Luca that said Big Brother. Nice. And in the morning, we put his new Liverpool kit on him. And we met up with everybody in the day. So met up with my in-laws, went for a walk. And this was in lockdown when you could only see up to six people, could meet yeah. all of six outside. So we went for a walk with them. We said, oh, look at Luca's new top. So they're all expecting the Liverpool top. Took his coat off, it said Big Brother. Oh. And then we did that with my parents as well, at my sister's. So there was the oh, six of us outside. I've just remembered our our 12 week mark actually was two days after the lockdown hit. Oh. So we told all of our family like a few days early and I think I think it was literally two days before the official UK lockdown happened we told my brother and sister-in-law and then literally we're in lockdown then with Boris and so everyone else had to find out online. <laughs> That was weird. I can't believe I just forgot that. Yeah. Isn't it mad? Isn't it mad that like that's how the world was for a while? And that was two years ago. Over two years ago. Yeah. Three, nearly three years ago. Yeah. Just after Mother's Day. Or was it on Mother's Day? I'm going to say it was on Mother's Day. Wow. I don't remember. <laughs> I'm, going, I'm going for it. But yeah, that was uh, telling your family and friends how, uh, how you're having a baby. Let us know your stories. It's a is nice it, time. Is that something that people go like quite big on or is it? usually a more subtle thing i'm sure there's people that go really big isn't there because i've seen like some really extravagant ones like on facebook and stuff although i haven't been on facebook in years well <laughs> i've seen one that someone um 
posted where they've got all their friends and family together and they say, everyone say, Lauren's pregnant. And then like, they kind of slow, and do you know that music? Du, 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 yeah. du. They slow most <laughs> everyone like changing their reactions and it's really funny. But um, yeah, it's such an exciting time. And like having that thing of trying to keep it from people until that 12 week yeah, point. Yeah, tough. So with our second, um, it was over Christmas, New Year. Um, and someone, in, I know with our first, sorry, it was around New Year and someone had invited us around for New Year's Eve and they said, oh, we can go in the hot tub because they had a hot tub. And um, obviously women can't go in the hot tub when they're pregnant. Yeah. So I was like, oh, and I, and we were just thinking, oh, yes, please. That'd be amazing. And uh, we were like, oh, d- oh, no, sorry, we can't. And they're like, oh, why not? <laughs> and so <laughs> I just went, I'm really self-conscious about my nipples. <laughs> Which, to be honest, there's an element of truth. Um, and they were like, your nipples? I went, yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm really, and I don't want to be that guy sat in the hot tub with a t-shirt on. So I'd just rather <laughs> avoid it, to be honest. <laughs> and then in the January, we met up with some of Leanne's friends and um, they were like, oh, you're not having a, you know, Prosecco or a cocktail. And I told her, I said, look, if the question of alcohol comes up, leave it to me. She went, what are you going to say? I said, leave it to me. Because I thought, if I tell her the plan, she's going to go, no, that's not good. Or she'll want to like rehearse and it'll come. (laughs) So I just went, oh no, um, we're doing that dry dry January, which a few years ago wasn't really a thing, was it? And they went, oh, are you? I said, yeah, we're giving it a whirl, you know, so far so good. And I've roped Leanne into doing it with me. So that really swerved that one quite nicely. <laughs> Got in the car, she was like, dry January was a good one. I was like, I told you. <laughs> so yeah, you kind of, it's so, because you just want to tell everybody, don't you? And there's so many things, like I remember going out for a steak with someone and it was like, why is them ordering prawn? <laughs> like, why is she having fish at a steakhouse? <laughs> it's like, uh, red meat's not that fantastic. And <laughs> oh, what a, what a tough lie to sell. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, there was a, uh, such a good time, isn't it? Yeah, right. But it is. I remember being like really nervous as well. Yeah. Like those first 12 weeks, especially when no one knows. Because it's quite exciting because you're the only two people that know. But also being... Because like, stuff happens all the time. And so it's like being really nervous. Like what if this goes wrong? And how do you process that if only a few people know? Yeah. Um, and like having walked that journey with people as well, it's it's so tough. And there is really no solution that can help everyone. Yeah. Um, and that's one of the things that actually, I think if we decide to have another child, it's like, I just want everyone to know right from the get-go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, because we had that situation in our family, you know, family member lost um, a baby after telling us that they were pregnant. Mm. So we, so we had an early scan, the whole poo scan thing at eight weeks because they had a pain in her side and there's something called an, eptopic pregnancy yeah where the the egg grows in the tube not in the womb so they wanted to rule that out and so we went for a scan at eight weeks and heard the heartbeat at eight weeks are quite early on Mm. so the scan was as a picture was rubbish but as a thing of having dealt with that and seeing family members go through that yeah having them say yeah everything's fine baby's where it should be here's the heartbeat was just such a relief yeah and um i used to do a character called jerry the gynecologist it was irish <laughs> and i used to go your baby's croning 
And the guy that did the scan was Irish. <laughs> and so like this whole time, it was like really serious situation. But every time he spoke, he's like, we're just going to check, check your baby. I was just trying not to giggle. And he had a cold as well. So he's going, so this, this jelly might be cold. And he'd sniff. <laughs> and we're just going to check for the heartbeat. And I was just trying to hold it together in this really... As I text my sister, like, I've got an Irish gynecologist on the go. <laughs> I don't even think he was a gynecologist, but after the whole character to have an Irish person doing the test, took a bit of the, the oh, heat off. It's mad, like, you forget so much. Well, at least I've, I've forgotten so much of, like, the process because very early on, there were times where we had to have numerous scans because they couldn't find heartbeats or all that sort of stuff or loads of other things like i still have a recording on my phone the first time i heard like noah's heartbeat and they recorded it and it was like it's just like a boom 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 but it's so precious yeah because like in the whole stress of the situation it was like that was so much relief and it's like ah oh, that's incredible um but still that's the, that was in the time when not many people could really know and it was like ah oh, so tough just want to play this for the world yeah yeah amazing and then we go on to uh, literally today, as I was playing with Noah, um, she's got this little play table that we've we've got. Her. Um, she loves it. And we've drawn a little racetrack on it. Nice. And uh, lined up all the cars. And I'd like lift up the table from one side so they'd all just keep going. And she was getting annoyed at me because <laughs> she wanted to move them individually. And uh, I did it again. Cause I thought it was really funny. Just to see what she would do. And she took one of the cars away and she said... <laughs> Daddy, we're going to put this car away until you could be kind. <laughs> she super nannies you. <laughs> and I went, oh, I'm really sorry. I'll, I'll, I'll be kind from now on. And she went, okay, we can get it back out. No way. <laughs> <laughs> so you know that the, the discipline... Discipline's working. Is working. <laughs> so when she doesn't listen, you've got no excuse. <laughs> got told off from my two and a half year old. <laughs> What's that mean where it's like, how dare you recite the magic? Narnia. <laughs> I was there when it was written. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, we've had that a few times where we've heard Luca talking to Myla and he goes, That's a no, no, no. <laughs> yeah. And all she's doing is like looking at something. I've, I've seen my daughter tell other children off. Yeah. Like when the soft players are keen, when they run up the slide the wrong way, she is fierce. No! No, don't go up the slide. You go down. Yep, laying down the law. But, but the first time that's been, that's happened to me. Lovely bit of gentle parenting. <laughs> no, I saw a meme today. It says when you're trying your best to gentle parent, but your child isn't gentle childing. <laughs> that tickled me. <laughs> but I've got I've got a question, and this is a moral question. Oh. So we were in Aldi the other day. Shout out Aldi. And I don't know where the law stands, actually. We weren't in Aldi. We were in an unnamed <laughs> supermarket. <laughs> and I don't know where the law stands on this. But um, we put biscuits in the trolley. And my little girl saw the biscuits. Started freaking out. Yeah. And this was at the point where the queue was quite long. We're now crammed in with people. She's really kicking off. Said to my wife, "What's the, what's the crack with giving her a biscuit, opening up the biscuits before you've paid for them, giving her one, just to, 
to stop this situation. Mm. And it's our fault because we've put the biscuits next to her, basically. Yeah. We try to hide them, but we, you know, we And couldn't. that unnamed shop does get really busy. It does. And the queues. Yep. They've not always got all the tills open. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, so what? I, I opened the biscuit, gave her one. I'm pretty certain everybody was relieved. <laughs> and then that's the first thing we put on the conveyor belt. Yeah. Told them they're open, you know. But where do you stand? What what is So I think that is pretty standard shop etiquette. Is it? However, it's one that I had to learn because I was incredibly embarrassed of it when my wife attempted to do that. I was like, You can't do that, we're stealing in the shop. See, I am of that is it is it you're consuming something before you paid for it. I've seen so many well, and what happens if you get the turn your car doesn't work? You've got to give the biscuit back. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. That's the that's the real panic. Uh, but I've seen so many of the parents do it now that I, I kind of take it as a, that is a good tactic. However, I refuse to do it if I'm by myself with my daughter. Yeah. We've only ever done it once before and it was a really hot day. And our little boy was going, I'm thirsty. Oh, yeah. And we were at the till and we said to the guy, do you mind if we open one? So we asked first. He was like, no, you go for it. Um, and I can see the comments already saying, you just teach them to wait. <laughs> you just you just be better. <laughs> Listen, when it's, let, when let's be real. It's a tough precedent. It's, it's not a precedent I want to set. It's not. But when... It's pretty the scenario if a toddler doesn't... If they're not drinking that much anyway, and they're not always keeping their fluids up... When the thirst comes, you want to take the most, make the most of every opportunity. <laughs> yeah, so that was a little moral. But it's also not just for you and your kids; it's for everybody else in the shop. Oh, if the shop was empty, yeah, yeah you wait, and you can you can use that as a learning moment. Yeah, not when the shop is packed and everyone just wants to get their shopping done. Yeah, and they've got a screaming tantrum in child. And this this for the commenters, she is a baby. She's not a toddler that understands. Can't reason with babies. She's younger than a year and a half. No negotiation happening there. No. So yeah, that was... uh, Anyway, by the time we'd paid, I don't think she'd actually finished the biscuit. Ah. So kind of half stealing. (laughs) I think that's perfectly acceptable. Uh, Yeah, let us know. Where do you stand? I I wonder if there's like a weird law against it. Yeah, I might have just got myself... This might be the last time you hear from me. (laughs) For six to eight months, depending on good behaviour. Pending uh, court case with unnamed supermarket brand. I love Aldi. And I'm, do you know what? Aldi, let us know. I think if anyone's going to support it, Aldi, going to be in favour of the parents, aren't they? Yeah, it's a, it is a really tricky one when the solution to your problem is there. <laughs> Especially because the biscuit, this is the thing, the biscuits are the last thing before the till. Yeah. So, you know, Maybe you put the biscuits in first, but then you're contraflowing. You're getting in everyone. Then you're doing veg last. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great word. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so I just want to touch on something really uh, quite deep, really quite important. Um, it's not my story to tell, so I'm not going to go into details, but something happened recently, which just made me think of the importance of talking and the importance of listening. Now, we've said it before, parenting is, is the absolute best, but it does come with its challenges and life in general comes with its challenges, whether you're a parent or not. And I just want to remind you all to check in with your friends 
Um, if you yeah. say you're going to check in with them, do check in with them. If you think maybe there's cause for concern, check in with them. If they've said they've had a tough week, ask them next week how their week's been. Um, and the importance of being honest as well. If you're not feeling it, tell someone you're not feeling it. You haven't got to go into too much detail. You can just say, look, I'm having a tricky week. You haven't got to bear your soul or you say, do you know what, this week's been a hard week, but you know, bring on the weekend, something like that. It's really important to be honest, to talk to people and to listen because life is hard mm. and you never know what someone's going through. So I encourage yeah. you all, um, yeah, check in with your friends and don't be afraid to be open with people when you need a bit of help. Yeah, I think that's so important as well, especially like parenting's hard. Like life is hard and being a parent is hard, but it can often feel like there's no one that you can process your emotion with because there's so much judgment and so many opinions involved. And actually sometimes you just need a really good sleep. Sometimes it's more complicated than that. Yeah. Um, and sometimes it's really hard to lift the lid on that, even to yourself and kind of going, oh no, I've got a problem here. Um, but yeah, it's so important. Don't suffer in silence. Um, and if there's no one around your life, send us a message. Send us a message. Send us a message and we'll happily read it and listen. And if you don't want us to read it out, just tell us not to. Um, but yeah, it's really important to have some support. And if you've not got some support, there are things that, and, you know, organizations that are out there to support you. But yeah, really important just to, to check in with your friends. And mm. gents, I'm going to call you out because we're not the best at it. Um, yeah, check in, check in with your bro friends. Yeah, that's that's the important thing as well. Like, especially if you have overcome stuff, or you've experienced stuff just in life, or as parenting specifically, um, it often takes you to make the first step of, oh, I struggled with this. Like, are you all right? Mm. <laughs> just just opening the door to go. Actually, it's all right. Let's talk about problems here. Um, but yeah. That's why I'm so keen to talk about all my issues, not just because I want to moan, although I do like to have a moan. <laughs> it, it opens the the doors to go, actually, we're, we're all struggling here. Like, Yeah, I think for me, so I've mentioned I had a bit of a struggle when we had our daughter and the whole thing of not sleeping at night, but not sleeping in the day really took it out of me. And I was doing my best not to tell people because I didn't want to come across as down mm. or moany. But in not telling people, I was probably worse mm. and just came across as miserable. Yeah. Quietly miserable. Um, so, yeah, it's always, it's really important. And it's just, like I said, there's something that happened recently that just made me think, just be, just be active. Not just be there for someone, mm. but be active in that next step of checking in. There's that really cheesy old saying, but it's, I love it the shared burden is a burden halved <sighs> yeah but genuinely it is isn't it like especially if you've been going through something you've been holding on for it for so long the moment that you tell someone it's like there's a immediate relief because oh somebody else is actually helping you carry that even if it is just you've told them yeah but yeah so yeah very good point so if you want to send us a message you can do at parenting tools pod on instagram and tiktok and if you want to send us an email, you can do at parentingtoolspod at gmail.com. Boom. <laughs> See you next week. 